0: Yeah, I'm Austin, for those who don't know me. I'm married to Charlotte. I've got Grace, Lydia, and Kaziah, my children, who are wonderful. And I get to do the next bit in the Matthew series. Um, I say the next bit. It's not quite the next bit, um, because what we're going to look at today happens the day before what Josh preached on brilliantly last week. Um, so we're just going to step back by a day. Um, but before I do that, I just want to give you a bit of context. So Jesus came into Jerusalem and he was welcomed in. And then he went to the temple and turned the tables and upset all of the religious leaders and uh, they're out to get him. And there's some different groups of religious leaders that we know about uh, during Jesus' time. So first the Pharisees that Josh spoke about last week. So if you haven't heard that one, go and listen to it. Um, But these guys were, they were super hypocritical, but they're also really, really legalistic. And they, they believed in the whole of the Old Testament as the word of God, but then they'd add bits to it and really burden people with that. And then there's the Sadducees. They're a proper weird bunch. They really are. So they only believed that the first, first five books, the Pentateuch, were the word of God. The rest of it, they kind of dismissed a bit. And they didn't believe in the resurrection. Kind of difficult. Um, And they had many run-ins with Jesus over the time. And as you read the Gospels, you'll find that. And then there's a third group, the scribes. Scribes were also known as the teachers of the law or the lawyers. So their job was to learn and copy the Torah, the word of God. And they would copy it and it would go out to the synagogues and the temple where it could be read. And so they knew it really, really well. And so these are the guys that we're going to meet. And so on this day, the Pharisees decide they're going to have a go at Jesus. And so they come up with this, this question. They think they'll catch him out. And they ask him a question about taxes and money. Should I pay tax to Rome or to God? Should I it to God? Knowing that if Jesus said, pay to Rome, then that's it. The Jews are out. They're done. And they've managed to damage him. If he says, pay to God, then the Romans can say he's incited an insurrection and kill him. They've got him, except Jesus knows what's going on, doesn't he? And so he answers in a way that says, "Okay, honour God and respect your earthly authorities. And they go away frustrated. They haven't managed to catch him out at all. So the Sadducees have a go. And they ask their favorite question. They ask about resurrection. So they come up with this ridiculous story. There's this woman. And she marries a guy. And he dies. So she marries his brother. And he dies. And she marries his brother. And he dies. Seven brothers. I mean, you'd question the woman, wouldn't you? (laughs) You really would. Um, Who's she married to in heaven? Well... Jesus just pulls their argument completely apart. You don't understand the scriptures. Don't you see? There's no marriage in heaven. And he just completely destroys and shows the foolishness that's there. And then we get to today's passage. So if we could have that on screen, please. This is Matthew twenty-two thirty-four 34 to 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So this scribe, this teacher of the law, comes and asks Jesus a question. It says it in Matthew to test him. Uh, Mark's a bit kinder to this guy. He's He's not really saying test him like the Pharisees and Sadducees, as in to catch him out, but more to check him out, to check if he's the real deal. If I wanted to check Jesus out in this situation, this is not the question I would ask. Because this is the equivalent of the Sunday school question. The one that everyone should know the answer to. What is the great commandment? Well, you see, the Jews have this thing called the Shema. It's a prayer that they pray every morning and every night. It's part of the religion to pray the Shema. And it starts, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's how it begins. So basically, this guy asked Jesus, What's the first line of the Shema that you've prayed since a child every morning and every night? And what he got was Jesus quoting that, but changing it ever so slightly. So this is Deuteronomy uh, 6 5, which says, uh, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And you'll note there's one word difference. Now Mark does it slightly differently um, because Matthew was writing to the Jews, so they know the Shema and they know that there's one word different and Mark spells it out a bit more. But instead of might, he's might and mind. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. He adds in an extra one. He adds in one that says, and the stuff no one can see. The stuff in here. And then he adds, of course, a second part. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus shown he knows the scriptures. And I love the bit on the end here. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Looking at the guys who've just been having a go at him. Hey, Pharisees, you know how you like to add these extra laws on? I don't know. All of the law is here. Love the Lord your God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You don't need to add anything to that. That's everything. Oh, on Sadducees, you guys who don't believe in the prophet books, this is what all the prophets were talking about. Make sure you get this. They were real, you know. But he's also saying how important they are. And to start with, as we look at what does this mean for us, we have to start with the fact it's a commandment. It's a command. This is not a suggestion. Oh, by the way, guys, it'd be nice if your ideal, you know, be good if we could love Lord our God. Now, this is a command that we love the Lord With all of our hearts. Now, in the Bible, what heart is about, heart is about your emotions, it's about your choices. Whenever you read heart in the Bible, that's what it's talking about your emotions and choices. Soul is talking about your living being, your very life. Your mind is your thoughts and your strength, all of your effort. It just looks a bit hard, doesn't it? So I'm praying about this, preparing for today and going, what does this look like, God? What does this even look like? And he reminded me of something that happened uh, many years ago. Um, Myself and Charlotte were dating. um, That shows how long ago it was. We, um, we were married 20 years a couple of weeks ago, so it's, uh, it's been a while. We, um, Charlotte was at university in Loughborough, and uh, I lived in Nottingham, and most evenings I would drive over and see her. She reminds me that this happened on a Sunday, so we'd been to church in the afternoon in Loughborough and driven up to the hill outside of Loughborough and we're sitting there in the evening. And Charlotte mentioned to me that one day it'd be really nice if we could go to the beach. She liked the seaside, hadn't been for a while, it'd be really nice if we could go. So of course my response was, great, let's go, now. It's like this is kind of, you know, evening. Um, I, think, I think she kind of implied I was crazy, um, but then I eventually convinced her and we did. We got in the car and drove to Skegness. I think it was the first time I'd ever been to Skeggy, but there we were. um, And and drove out there, um, the two or so hours it takes, probably three in the metro I had at the time. Um, I got there, spent the evening there. It was great fun, or what was left of it. And then drove back. And uh, God reminded me and he said, at no point did you ever think about how much this would cost didn't cross your mind no point did you think about fuel or you think about the time that that would have or the impact of that or the lack of sleep and the impact on the next day those things didn't cross your mind I thought he's right I didn't all I knew is that the person that I loved wanted to do something and I could make it happen so why wouldn't I If only I'd stayed that spontaneous and romantic. Um, (laughs) But that's what it's like to be loving Jesus. That it's this complete abandonment, that all of your efforts and your emotions, all of your choices, your life is about pleasing Him, loving Him lifting him up, glorifying him. That is what it is. Nothing is going to get in the way of that because it doesn't cross your mind because there's nothing else that's there. Why do we love him like that? Or should we? Because that's how he loves you. That's how he loves you. His thoughts are on you. His eye is on you all the time. He is listening to you every time, all the time. That is what his love for you is like. There is never a time that he is not working things together for your good. And I know some people, you struggle with that thought. But if you do, just look at the cross. Where he loves you with all of his heart, his emotions and choices, because we know that he chose the cross for the joy set before him. Where we know that his life, his soul is given up for us. Not what I will, but what you will. Where even in the deepest part of his agony being crucified, His thought is on you. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And every effort is given for you right till that final moment of it is finished. And he gave up his spirit. He loves you like this. Heart, soul, mind and strength. Every last bit for you. But the truth is, I know I don't love him like that. I don't even come close. And if I'm really honest, I'm ashamed to say, there are times I don't want to. I want to want to, but I don't. Because there is too many things in this world that are comfortable and easy. There's too much stuff that, Uh, It's enjoyable, but it's not him. And it's not always sinful, but sometimes it is. And it's just sometimes just easier to go, God, I'd rather do that, to be honest. I am so far away from this command. So far. So... I've spent so much time prepping for this, going, God, how do I love you like this? How do I do that? How do I make that? And I found his response to me was very kind. Normally is is, isn't it? He basically said, you're not going to get there yet. So let's just start with more. Let's just start with more. So how do we start with more? Hands up if you're in love with someone this morning. Now, Some people, that hand went up quick. Others, if you got that nudge, right, deal with it at coffee time, okay? But you guys know, and all of you who have been in love, know that there is a lie that is perpetuated by the media, by movies, by literature. This entire lie of love at first sight doesn't exist. There's definitely a thing called lust at first sight, but not love. See, love takes time. It's the reason that when you were um, teenage, early 20s, you know you used to go out with a group of friends all the time, and then somebody disappears from your group. Remember that? Where's Thingy? Oh, he's with her. He's met someone. All right, we're not good enough anymore. No, probably not. Where's she gone? Oh, oh she, she, she met that guy, didn't she? What happens is you spend time together. You keep spending time together. And you use that time as you move from being attracted to, to learning to love. And very simply, we need to spend more time with him. If you want to love Jesus more, you need to spend more time with him. And time is precious. So we've got two things that we need to do is steal it wherever it can, wherever we can. But also, I felt God saying, with this and with so many things, don't just give out of your excess. you actually love me, don't just give me your excess. Give me some of your best time. I, for years, struggled with the whole thing of a devotional time in the morning. Years, decades. I couldn't do it. I just said, oh, it's not me. I can't do it. I would fight with it. I don't know how many preachers I heard on it, small groups about it, seminars. I, you know, I really wanted it. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. And then there was a, a Thursday night here quite a few years ago. And the person leading was talking about a devotional time in the morning and giving God time before you give anyone else time. And it was nothing I hadn't heard a hundred times before. But on that day, the Holy Spirit grabbed me. It's similar to what Martin was saying earlier. He heard a preach and the Holy Spirit just went, now, now's the time. And It was Thursday night and I said, okay, God, right, let's get this in place. I'll set my alarm so I can start the week, Monday, you know, no, no, tomorrow. And I art well, for the first time, I wanted to. And for some of you this morning who you know you don't really have a devotional life, I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit comes now and does that for you. Because nothing I can say will change you. Nothing, but he can. And so if that's something you're going, yeah, I know I need to spend more time with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, will you just come and change hearts and efforts to help people love you more? And when you are in a devotional time, in a time with Jesus, it is you and him. It's not anyone else and him, it's you and him. And that's important because he likes you. He made you the way you are. So if you love to sing, sing to him. Some of you love to read and find it easy to read. And so reading the Bible is easy, but some of you really struggle with reading. Well, start with a verse, just one. Meditate on it. Think about what it means. Ask Jesus what it means. Some of you like to draw or doodle or journal, then do it with him. Some of you play instruments, then do it with him. If the aim is to spend more time with him, then use the character he has given you to spend more time with him. Stop condemning yourself because you cannot quite do it the way other people do. They are not you. Be you with him. Those of you who think, no, I'm okay, my devotional life's pretty good. Where can you spend more time with him? Where do you learn to love him more? On the commute? Do you use it, all of that extra time as you're driving to and from? As you hit that junction with those traffic lights, and you know you've got another while until the next traffic lights, have you tried praying in tongues between that one and that one every day? It'll change things. As you do the washing up, do you spend that time with him? Sometimes it might make you feel a little better about doing it. As you think about your day, where can you steal that time back and go, I'm gonna make this yours, God, because I know I need to love you more. I know I do. And being very short on time, there is a second part to this commandment. I mean, there's so much in this, isn't there? We could do a series on it. Let's have a little look at the second part and it should come up on the screen. Verse 39 says, the second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Notice it's like it. It's like the first one. It's about how do we love God? It's about heart, soul, mind and strength. It's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've got two questions that I want to ask you about you. Firstly, how do you like to be treated? And secondly, what lifestyle do you want or expect for yourself? If we think about those things as we meet our neighbour, everything changes. Our purchases change. Would you expect the living wage? Therefore, will you buy things so that people get one? It's loving our neighbor. Do you want respect? So will you give it when you walk past people in the street? It's loving our neighbor. Or you take really seriously what these guys at the front were saying in this interview just now. And spend time giving or praying for these ministries at church. Matthew 25, hopefully we'll come back to this later in the series. Matthew 25, 34 to 40 says this. Then the king will say to those on his right, these are those who have chosen and he has chosen to be with him. He'll say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison? And visit you. And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you. As you did it to one of the least of these my brothers. You did it to me. We have got to love our neighbors. As if they are Christ. Because they are to us. We've got to welcome them. We've got to use our hearts, our emotions, our choices for them? Our soul, how are we living our life towards them? How are our thoughts? Are they selfish? Are they for others? Do we use our efforts for their benefit? And most of all, do you pray for them? And will you introduce them to this God who is worthy of all of our love? Have the band. And they're going to come up. And I just want to pray as they do. Jesus, I'm so sorry that I do not love you in the way that you expect or deserve. And Lord, I just pray that you will help us, each one of us, to find ways to spend more time with you and love you more. Lord, we need your help on this but we want to obey. We want to love you, heart, soul, mind, and strength. We want to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Thank you that you are so generous and you just ask for more. Lord, will you enable that to happen? We love you. Amen.